The day the Common Council was to decide the fate of the trailer park, Tobin Charney, dressed in a polo shirt, tan slacks, and brown loafers, sat in the middle of a front-row bench next to his wife and lawyer. Large pink marble columns stretched up toward a beamed ceiling with an intricate maroon and yellow pattern. A large oak desk rested in the front of the room, facing fifteen smaller oak desks assigned to each alder person and spaced several feet apart. The night before, the lawyer had submitted an addendum to the council. It came in too late for most alders to read, so the lawyer stood and cleared his throat. The addendum, he informed the room, included ten steps Tobin would take in the immediate and near future. He would enroll in a day-long landlord training class offered by the city, hire a 24-hour security service and an independent management company, evict nuisance tenants, and address the property code violations. He would not retaliate against tenants who spoke out against him, and he would sell the trailer park within a year. The people in this park are vulnerable, elderly, disabled, children, the lawyer concluded, noting that Tobin had worked diligently with Alderman Witkowski to draw up the terms of the agreement. The Common Council was not happy with this midnight deal, and they argued with one another as sunlight beamed through the chamber's stained glass windows. One alderman called it a gentleman's agreement. Another asked if all citizens, when called to account, could simply produce a ten-point plan. Finally, Alderman Witkowski rose to speak. Mr. Charney has allowed a good mobile home park to move to something like this, he began. I have four mobile home parks in my district, and this is the only one with these types of problems. He looked over his glasses at the lawyer. They aren't all elderly, disabled, and children, sir, but, he turned back to his colleagues, there are people with limited means and limited abilities. They would be forced to move out. Witkowski was no friend of Tobin's but he was satisfied with the terms of the addendum. The debate rose up again, energetic and sharp. Tobin remained seated in the back, holding his wife's hand and looking annoyed. The president called for a vote. After the hearing, Tobin drove to the trailer park. He did not call everyone together to announce the resolution. He did not slide into a chair in the office and let out a sigh. He began evictions. The council had agreed to let Tobin keep his license only if he took drastic steps to improve the park, including forcing the troublemakers out. When city or state officials pressured landlords by ordering them to hire an outside security firm or by having a building inspector scrutinize their property, landlords often passed the pressure onto their tenants. There was also the matter of reestablishing control. The most effective way to assert or reassert ownership of land was to force people from it. Where did my 28-day notices go? Lenny asked. He was in the office, searching through piles of papers. With a 28-day no-cause termination notice, landlords did not need to provide a reason for the eviction. It was an ideal way to remove nuisance tenants who were current on their rent. Turning to Tobin, he said, You got a lot of 28-day notices to fill out. They owe me back rent, Tobin replied. Give them a five-day. They, in this case, meant Pam and her family. After driving Pam to eviction court, Tobin had asked her to talk to the newspeople. She was 30 years old and seven months pregnant, with a Midwestern twang and a face cut from a high school yearbook photo. She made for a sympathetic case. But now Tobin was cleaning house. Tobin looked up, 
Lenny, I hope the money isn't coming in slow because of this, he said. It's not, surprisingly, Lenny replied. I just filled out my spreadsheets and we're looking good. Office Susie added, I had a beautiful collection. Pam tried changing Tobin's mind by signing over the $1,200 check she had just received as part of Obama's Economic Stimulus Act. She thought it would be enough, mainly because she thought she owed $1,800. But Tobin said she owed something more like $3,000, and Office Susie told him Pam smoked crack. Tobin accepted Pam's stimulus check, but moved forward with the eviction anyway. Pam's family had lived in the trailer park.